go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now, runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome to another episode of EAA's The Green Dot, our podcast for anyone who loves aviation. Coming to you from EAA headquarters here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'm Hal Bryan. I'm senior editor for print and digital content and publications. Here on my left. I'm Chris Henry, the EA Museum Programs Coordinator. And over there across the table. Tom Charpentier, Government Relations Director. Excellent. Now, Tom, uh, we have a guest, as we so often do. That's correct. Uh, yeah, we have um, Ken Stramiska, the uh, Vice President of Philanthropy and Donor Stewardship. Uh, he's been with EAA for uh, just about a year now. He, he uh, previously came to us uh, through um, an aviation background and, uh, and an academia background doing, uh, doing philanthropy and, uh, and, and other uh, development type stuff. Uh, and he uh, just survived his first air venture on staff. So congratulations, Ken, and welcome. Thank you. And Ken, uh, you know, thank you so much for letting us twist your arm and uh, you know, let us talk you into coming on the Green Dot because... It's, uh, it would be wrong to say you've been hounding us for months uh, to come on the show. That would be wrong. It would be wrong, Hal. It would be but, accurate, uh, but, but wrong. It, yeah. It, every day, you know, coming over and saying, do you think I could get on the green dot? And uh, um, I'm glad I finally wore you down. <laughs> we, are, we are officially exhausted. And so we're just going to sit back and turn it over to Ken. But Ken, kidding aside for now, but there will be more. Uh, we do appreciate you taking the time. It, that means a lot to us to come on and, and talk to everybody, and uh, we're glad to have you here. Glad to have you on staff, and glad to have you here on the show. Great. So let's uh, let's start with your aviation background. What? Uh, how did you find your way into flying? Well, uh, like many people, in my hometown of Rio, Wisconsin. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, Rio is a town of about a thousand, just a little bit north of Madison. Now, it's, excuse me, a thousand people. Can you name them all? <laughs> right now, my family was almost one percent of the population, so I, could, I get that. But uh, a whole new spin on the term one percenter. That's right. <laughs> um, and, of, and of course, for those who are real uh, aviation movie trivia buffs, yes. they will know that Rio was actually in uh, uh, in an aviation theme movie uh, called Nothing by Chance. And uh, I believe that was in the 70s. Uh, About 73 or 74 when that came out. Yeah, based on the great book by Richard Bach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not readily available, but it's worth tracking down if you can find it. And uh, some of the principals involved have been working for quite a while. There is a beautiful 16-millimeter print that survives. And uh, there is work underway to some degree to get that released uh, commercially on DVD. Yeah. So here's yep. hoping. Well, and, and now on Amazon, when that uh, search goes up for nothing by chance, uh, they'll wonder what uh, drove uh, all people's interest in, in the book. And, and, and the answer will be Ken. Yes. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Just... I, I hope they, the Bach family remembers that. <laughs> um, so anyway, there was there is a small uh, grass runway at Rio, and a number of my parents' friends uh, owned aircraft. So uh, uh, one day I was out at the airport with my father, and uh, uh, he was not a pilot, but his friend was, and uh, his friend said, uh, Russ Kellogg was his name. He said, uh, would Ken like to go for a ride? And, uh, of course, I said yes. Um, I would like to say that was my uh, what drew me into aviation, but that flight ended with uh, me uh, losing my lunch, and <laughs> so it wasn't the great uh, auspicious start that that uh, uh, probably most pilots would want. Now, that happened to you a lot your first week here at EAA, too, just as, <laughs> as soon as you got into your office, from what I remember. But Yeah, I try to control that a little bit now. Um, so several, several years went by, and um, uh, actually I, I uh, developed a little bit of a phobia of flying, 
And uh, when I moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin in the late 90s, uh, my neighbor uh, said, Ken, I'm going to the airport. Uh, I've, got an airport I've got an airplane there. Uh, I need to just uh, do a few things on the airplane. Would you like to come with me? And I didn't realize that uh, pilots often use that as an excuse to take somebody up for a ride by saying, I want to go out and take a look at my airplane. And um, so I did that. And I'm a gentleman who has trouble saying no. Uh, so when my neighbor, Paul, uh, we went out to his hangar. He opened the door, and I've never seen an aircraft as beautiful. It was a, uh, a Beechcraft Bonanza V-tail, uh, so just a, a classic general aviation airplane. Um, it, it, it just looked beautiful, and uh, and I don't know, remember even what he what he did on the aircraft, but he turned to me and said, "Hey, do you want to go for a ride?" Uh, and even though I was a little bit petrified, I said, "Of course, I'd love to go for a ride," and um, uh, we did that, and. It rekindled uh, a passion um, uh, for me in aviation, and, and uh, uh, he said, Ken, uh, you know, you'd probably really love to learn how to fly. Uh, you're a smart guy. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll just love the whole process. And uh, um, so I did. I, I learned how to fly. I, I learned to, um, to love it. I love the discipline of flying. And, uh, and then, like many people, I, after I got my license, then I got into a club. Uh, flew a Cessna 172 for a number of years, and uh, then my wife started saying, I would like to go further than Shano, uh, not that there's anything wrong with Shano, um, or to, uh, you know, forge for lunch, uh, can't we go further? And I said, sure, we can go further. And uh, so then we started going further in our trips, uh, and then she said, can't we go faster? And so this is, you know, like every spouse's uh, dream to have a spouse who says, you know, can't we go faster or further? Um, so um, that got us then into uh, high-performance aircraft. And, uh, um, and then I uh, had a couple of bonanzas. And, and then we ended up flying all over the country using uh, general aviation as our, our means of conveyance. And it's just, it was just a great, it's been a great, great way to uh, spend time with my spouse, Sabina, and uh, to see the country. And, uh, and along the way, uh, I guess I became kind of an aviation geek. No, that's excellent. You're definitely among friends here. Um, and so what are you flying now? Are you flying Bonanza still? Uh, I got rid of uh, A36 Bonanza um, uh, a year ago as I, I, I thought it was time to develop my skills, continue to develop my skills, so I got a multi-engine rating. Okay. And uh, in the process, I was just uh, coming to EAA, and uh, Jack said, uh, we have a multi-engine. We have got a, a Piper Aztec that would uh, be a great airplane for you to transition into. Uh, so I've been uh, uh, transitioning into the Piper Aztec. Great. Well, and then within a couple of uh, weeks of you getting here, maybe a few months, uh, you got a fairly unique uh, ride experience uh, here on staff, right? <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. Um, as I'm smiling, hopefully people can see that I, that I had a big smile on my face. It was take your airplane to work day, and uh, Sean Elliott, our uh, uh, one of the other vice presidents and chief uh, pilot. Um, was taking the uh, uh, Spirit of St. Louis uh, in uh, into uh, Pioneer Airport, so uh, he asked me to ride along with him, and uh, um, it was it was just a, a great great day, and uh, and it really kind of shows the spirit of of EAA, the the wonderful things that that happen here, and people, uh, Hal, as you said, uh, you are among friends uh, and among yeah. aviation geeks here at EAA. Absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, by the way, the straight tail Bonanza is one of my dream airplanes, so I yeah. love those airplanes. Yeah. Um, so how did you end up into the, the philanthropy as a, as a career as well? So early on in my career, 
uh, I was uh, at the time with the Wisconsin Youth Symphonies, and uh, I was their executive director. And a, and a wonderful board member said to me, they said, Ken, if you can learn to ask people for money and really like doing it, you'll have a great career. You'll have wonderful impact on society, and, uh, and it's fun. So uh, I kind of took that to heart, and I, I learned the skills and strategies behind uh, private philanthropy. And so that's been a part that's always followed me throughout my career. I would, secondly, would say that, as I said, my, I grew up in a small town. In a small town, you realize that your participation is important in everything. And of course, my parents were involved in all aspects of the community. I love that experience, and I love being a part of community. And uh, so wherever I've been, uh, building community, sustaining community, helping that community to get better has always been a big part of, of what I've done and uh, what I love doing. So kind of been my path uh, in philanthropy. So um, I'm a little bit of, um, of a statistics head myself uh, in the job that I do, advocacy and safety. You know, uh, statistics are a large part of, uh, of, of what I do, you know, talking points, data points, and I, I imagine it is for you as well. And there was actually an 87% chance that Tom was going to say exactly that. So <laughs> thanks for being true to form. Yes, exactly. Uh, so uh, can you tell us about how much is uh, given each year in the United States, and then um, what is the average American family responsible for um, yeah. of, that, of that? Well, Tom, first I can tell you that uh, you don't give enough. That's, I, I was looking at the statistics. <laughs> uh, so, and here we are getting rich working at a nonprofit, <laughs> and, and we're not generous enough. Um, so in the United States, uh, there's about $380 billion given each year. So a little bit more than a billion dollars a day, you can think of it that way, wow. uh, is given from uh, individuals, corporations, uh, private foundations to the public sector. In the United States, we have the most ad advanced, sophisticated uh, system of philanthropy in the world. And uh, so, so the big number is about 380 billion to, in this year, maybe it'll even touch four, 400 billion. About, uh, it's about 2% of GDP, and that number doesn't change. Uh, in, in good times, uh, it's around 2% of GDP in bad times. The average family uh, gives uh, a little less than 2% of their uh, income. So I can see numbers above all my colleagues' heads right now. They're trying to figure that, out, that, <laughs> no, that number out. And in dollar figures, that's somewhere around 1,200 to 2,000 uh, dollars per household per year that, that are given, that's given. Um, and it's, that's, that they, most people think that that number is probably a little low because uh, the Boy Scout comes to the door, or the person from the band comes to the door and asks you to, to, to buy or give. Uh, so most experts would say that, 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 that the numbers that, that, uh, that we quote are on the low side. Well, when you said $380 billion per year, that number is, that's amazing, but that, at least very roughly, that's somewhere around $1,000 per person uh, population-wise, right? Aren't we at it, 330, 350 yes. million? Yes. Yeah. So that's remarkable. Is, uh, I don't want to wander too far afield, but, I, but I'm curious about this, is that um, you said we have the most advanced and sort of sophisticated system of philanthropy yeah. here in the U.S. Are we pretty generous when compared to other countries? I, I suspect that that question's sort of like, are you ever skinny enough? Are you wealthy <laughs> enough? Um, everybody wants to live in a, in a society that's generous. Sure. The United States, we have an infrastructure. You've got people like me who you know, go around um, helping 
to encourage people to give. Right. Um, so that's that's uh, a few years ago. I was doing work in Poland, and they asked me to write a, a manual on American style fundraising. And when they came to translate the document, um, they said, "Ken, we don't have somebody who's called a fundraiser in Poland in, in, in Polish." So uh, um, they said, "We've got something called a gatherer of treasure." <laughs> and, 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 and I said, there's your new title right there. Yeah. That's, and, uh, Vice President of Treasure Gathering. Yeah. My, uh, uh, and I said, well, sure, that sounds right. And then my lovely wife, Sabina, said, Ken, that could also be a pirate. So, um, <laughs> you know. That's so, also awesome. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the United States, of course, has um, tax incentives uh, to encourage people to give to do uh, public, uh, do things for the public benefit. Um, so it's 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 uh, uh, intertwined with um, just people's good natures, um, but it's also in time and in, in intertwined with our tax system and uh, just how we develop our communities. Sure. And you know, with all of that in mind, how much does EA rely on donors giving to to support our initiatives and our goals? I I keep revisiting the whole no bucks, no buck Rogers is the right stuff kind of, <laughs> well, but it's very true. If we can't get yeah. You know, if it wasn't, you know, for your team out there getting that, we wouldn't be able to do this. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, and actually, Chris, it's glad that, I'm glad that you asked that question um, uh, because you are the biggest recipient of charitable dollars. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Um, <laughs> lines his pockets. Oh, yeah. Go straight into his beer fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what I mean by that is, uh, of course, people know uh, Chris uh, works for the museum, uh, part of, our, of EAA's operations. You know, we have a world-class uh, museum that we operate, and uh, it is something that, that requires significant charitable dollars each year to support that. Um, but also people don't um, often realize that it's, it's the, the programs, the educational programs that aren't, aren't just for school children, but therefore uh, during air venture, that the uh, experiential things that the organization does with our air tours, we're probably going to talk about a little bit later, but like right now we're trying to restore a B-25. All those things that we do that people really love and actually to improvements on the grounds when, when they come, not only the where the museum is, but the uh, air venture grounds, all those things require a charitable support. They require somebody to say, I want to help make this community better. And uh, the question was, well, how much is it? It's a, it's a little bit more than $4 million a year that we rely on uh, people giving uh, dollars to support the different uh, projects. And that also could be for you know, scholarships for, for uh, uh, Women Venture or just you know, for our Sport Academy, Learn to Fly programs. Uh, it just, uh, charitable dollars permeate almost all the programs here at EAA. It is a lot more than just uh, the $40 annual dues. That's right. Know, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, you know, air venture revenue as well. But, yeah. but uh, that's uh, you know that's far from uh, far from all of it. Yeah, I think it, you know I, th- I think if, if people could think about it as the dues kind of cover the basic operations of running an association. They uh, you know I've got Tom here to my left, and so it's it's that uh, uh, advocacy that we do to keep our our community strong. The, you know that that that's clearly dues supported. You know as I talked about the. Yes, Air Venture, you got to pay to get in, but that's a that's also a big enterprise in itself. That that those dollars that you you pay to to get in the gate help to support all the things that you can see there. Um, but all the other things that that go on, um, they they wouldn't go on without charitable support. Here, here. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
so can you tell us actually a little bit about maybe expand on what you were just saying about how um, EA is a little bit different and also how some of the donors to EA might be a little bit different than some of the many associations and organizations that you've been associated with in the past? Yeah. And feel free to, to point out that our donors <laughs> must be the best in the world. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a given, right? Yeah. Well, I th we were going to we get to that point. So before I came to EA, I uh, uh, did consulting uh, for EA. One of the things that I was impressed with was the leadership of the organization. Uh, and I was also able to meet a number of the board members, trustees. And they all had a very consistent message about that this is a special community. And this is a community where there's a lot of passion. Um, so what I would say from other places that I've worked is there's a tremendous amount of passion. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter what type of aircraft you fly, or even if you don't fly aircraft, even if you just love to see an aircraft pass overhead, we all have something in common. And we just have a passion that's unparalleled uh, for other causes. So the community, and I've used the word community a number of times um, uh, today, um, there really is a community here. And it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a community by choice, that people who want to affiliate with us, you could have different political ideology, you could have different social ideology, but we all have that same thing in common when it comes to airplanes. We, 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 we love to see them fly overhead, we love to see them uh, you know, take off. And, and so that, that bonds us in a way that, that's so unique. And you know, this year I had uh, opportunity during AirVenture to stay on the grounds and where else? There's very few places in the United States where you get 50,000 people to live uh, rather modestly. Uh, it's dusty. It's you know, it's uh, you know, trampled down. But but people respect the grounds, and uh, that just shows that they have a lot of respect for each other. And so that that makes working for EA, and especially working for EA in the nature that I do in my team, um, where you ask people to support it, it m makes it uh, pretty wonderful. What I'm going to go on to say, Hal, don't interrupt me, Hal. I, I will if I want to. This is our show. You're the guest, okay? You signed the affidavit. The, the, the injury waiver, you signed all of it. So what I, what I was going to say is, is, is really why, what I love about philanthropy and dealing with people who are philanthropists is uh, philanthropy is a conscious act. Giving is a conscious act. Uh, we can't force people to give uh, to EA if they don't want to. Okay, Hal, what, what do you want to say about that? Uh, well, so I just maybe building on that just a little bit. Um, you know, Ken, you and I have a lot of fun. We give each other a hard time pretty much every single day. <laughs> and, you know, I forget that people don't know that. But uh, periodically I feel like I need to go out and buy a hat just so I can take it off to you. Um, because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do what you, you do. I, that would be the hardest thing in the world for me <laughs> is, you know, we've, we've kicked around the term about, uh, you know, I'd rather, you know, walk across some nails or broken glass or something than actually have to go up to a stranger and say, you know, can you give us, can you give us some money? I think you hit on it, though. You said it's voluntary, but can you talk more about what makes you good at that and how, how is that not impossible for you to do? Yeah. I think all that someone has to do is walk into the museum almost any day of the year and you see somebody coming out with either a huge smile on their face, you see grandparents with probably grandchildren, and, and, you, and you think about that and you think, well, what better thing could I do than, than make this exist for future generations? We are curators 
of a community, of a history. And, and that's, that's a serious statement, but it's, also, it's true that we are here to curate uh, the history of a personal uh, aviation. And, and to safeguard it. And to safeguard it. It, it. Right. So it's not only about the past, it's also about the future. And that's, I, I can't think of, other than maybe being a member of the clergy, what would be more important than to, uh, um, to do my work? And, and I think I've said uh, uh, before, not on this program, but I think on that, that uh, radio program during AirVenture, does that have a name? It's it's called EAA Radio. Oh. I know it's it's uh, it's a tricky one to call up when, uh, <laughs> and and you were a special guest on uh, basically on the Hal Bryan show. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I can't I can't wait until I'm, I'm I'm a returning guest next year, uh, but uh, um, anyway, the the uh, um, different types of things can't, for instance. The B-25 can't ask people it's itself that it needs to be restored. Um, you know, we're talking about some improvements in the uh, museum and the mezzanine. The museum can't ask for money. It takes, still takes humans. And that's where uh, it's not me asking Chris for money. It's, it's me asking Chris to make a difference. And doesn't that sound good? That sounds great. You know, in fact, uh, here's my wallet. Yeah, right uh, thank you. <laughs> Wait, let's make sure we get the sound of this. That was my wallet hitting the table. Yeah. Uh, do you want to open it up and see actually how much is in it, in it though? Before? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate your asking. But, yeah, but in all seriousness, all, really what, what, what we are doing and, and what my team is in the business of doing, it's just giving people an opportunity to make a difference and to, make, and to create meaning in their life. I, and I've referred to this several times during our conversation. The B-25, uh, when you see the people who are giving to that, uh, many times they have a, some type of connection to that aircraft. This job, this organization, is more than money. It's it's about uh, people who are really connected and want to make a difference and make sure that that stays for future generations. So, Ken, you have mentioned the B twenty five a couple of times, and uh, you know that's a project I certainly have a strong interest in. I wrote a feature about it for Sport Aviation, and I've got another one coming up uh, in the spring. Um, can you tell us how we're coming? How, you know, how are we doing on the B twenty five? What our goals are and where we are? Yeah. We launched right after, or right during AirVenture, uh, a campaign for four hundred thousand dollars to that that would get our B twenty five, the Berlin Express, uh, back in and make it part of our touring aircraft. Since then, uh, we are. I just looked before I came down today. Uh, uh, we're just at three hundred, a little over three hundred thirty thousand. So we got about sixty nine thousand dollars left to go, and we're hopeful in the next uh, few weeks here that that. We'll, we'll hit that goal or maybe even go over it a little bit. You know, as, as everyone knows who has ever been around an air, aircraft, oftentimes there's things that sneak up on you. Uh, so uh, even w- when we go past the 400000 we will not be uh, banking it for other th- anything other than uh, improving that aircraft. So uh, the support has been, been really good. We've had a general campaign running for the last few weeks, uh, and, and we're still out there talking to people about um, making difference, helping us get that, that aircraft back. And hopefully next summer, it will be flying again. That's going to be fantastic to see that airplane go. What is it? Uh, what is it about that particular program that? Because I know that's one as you've started here and you looked around, and obviously it's a strategic initiative for the organization. So, you know, to some degree, the organization says this is one of our priorities. So that's where you're going to spend some energy. I think Jack Belton said that. I think Jack said, <laughs> you know, go forth and uh, and and gather ye the treasure <laughs> to get our B seven or B twenty five flying again. But uh, I, I could be wrong, but I have a sense that uh, I've gotten the sense that that project uh, is something that you, you know, kind of especially enjoy, that that's something that you have 
that uh, you have a, a specific appreciation for. Is that, uh, is that, is that true? That's not true. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, good. Well, that's all the time we have. It just, <laughs> it just keeps me up at night because it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that, that we want to get done. And uh, um, every, every day that, that we um, don't make progress on it is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a day that it gets delayed and that someone's not going to see that aircraft right. and, and experience the, the sound of those engines starting up and, and somebody relaying a story of a grandfather, uh, an uncle who you know, flew in that aircraft. Um, so, so that's, so yeah, every, every, everything is, 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 is special. Um, and I think the other, and I think this is so indicative of what we mean here by community. We probably have about 10,000 volunteer hours uh, working to store that aircraft right now. Sure. Tell me other organizations that would get people to come on their own dime weekends, you know, like a weekend every few weeks, they, they come here from around the United States and they're, whatever that aircraft needs, they are working on it. So the money that we, that we help bring to the table is nothing compared to what people are putting in in blood, sweat, and tears. And mm -hmm. it, that's just amazing. That is a, such a powerful thing, and, he, and it speaks back to what we talked about with community uh, and, and the core of, you know, that generous core that is EIA and, and, and the types of people that uh, the organization draws. And that not only these people are willing to come and do this, I mean, they're, they're, they're grateful for the privilege. And yep. that is, I can't, I can't think of anything more humbling, uh, really, than when I think of, uh, you know, privileges that four of us enjoy in our positions on staff. And then looking at the contributions the volunteers make across the organization, whether it's Air Venture, the B twenty five, docents in the museum, all of these, uh, all of these things, it is uh, it is absolutely mind blowing. And it's um, there's another thing too, and I, I guess you know most commercial entities wouldn't have a philanthropic arm, Ken, but you know in a in a in a bizarre parallel universe where you have a goatee because uh, you're kind of evil, Ken. Yes. Assuming we didn't get evil, Ken. Um, and you don't wear a tie every day. Yeah. So for those that can't see us, which is everybody who's listening, um, Ken, Ken's idea of casual Friday is a tie that may only be 50% silk. So <laughs> Ken is extremely well-dressed, makes all the rest of us look like chumps. Uh, we used to tease him about it, and, and he, he refused to budge, and so now we're just... Now we're at an impasse. You know, so let me just address that for a moment uh, for, <laughs> sure. for, the, for, the, for the masses, because I think last time... I heard you give the number. There's something like three billion people who listen to the Green Dot. I, I think we're up to actually we're up to 12 billion now, which is cool because it's actually more people than there are on the planet. Okay. So I think it's been airing long enough. It's out to Proxima Centauri. <laughs> yeah. There's some there's some new planets out there, and we're we're using the Drake equation, and we're, I think we're making a good solid educated <laughs> guess of the number of listeners we have yeah. in sort of an extraterrestrial capacity. Yeah, it's actually very scary to think about this going out. Um, it, you know, over eons and somebody right. would eventually listen to this and try to figure out what well and remember the very first uh, television broadcast that that somebody else is going to see everybody knows what that is that's none other than hitler at the 1936 olympics oh. that would be the very first <laughs> signal that's out there so hmm. so we're gonna have a lot of catching up to do so so let's uh, let's get this out there yeah, yeah. quickly because <laughs> we've got some mopping up to do Ken. <laughs> yeah so now giving that reference to the to hitler uh, it's he was uh, good at hurdles that's why he was at the olympics yeah well, way, well so. it, it 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 makes my comment about my dress uh feel uh, rather um uh, un unimportant um but i i will i will say that that i i've gotten a lot of pressure to uh, tone down my uh, professional uh, attire. But 
the reason why I wear a suit and a tie to work almost every day is I, I really do think it's it's a, uh, a real pleasure to work with people who, who want to give and make things better. And again, it gets back to that somebody's making a conscious act to say, I want to make this organization better. I'm going to share some of my own personal resources with this entity because I think it's so valuable. And the other thing that's that's been just really, Tom had asked earlier about what is difference between uh, the constituents that I see around EAA and other organizations. Um, we get quite a few calls each week about people who want to leave a part of their estate uh, to EAA. And to me, that's a very humbling uh, conversation. And I think so. So I think people deserve for me to be wearing a tie when I, for some reason, I, I just think I should be wearing a tie when people want to talk to me about about leaving a part of their estate uh, to to EAA. And and frankly, too, when uh, when donors stop by, um, I don't ever want to have to apologize for you know for for wearing you know not not a professional attire. So now, of course, now someone's going to stop in, and I'm going to have on. <laughs> That's right. You're going to be in your sweats with <laughs> Dorito stained fingers. <laughs> the one day out of the year that I not worried. when you've completely, completely lost it. Um, but you know what I what I imagine in that uh, in that bizarro universe, uh, where you know that um, rather than working with uh, with giving, if you were working for some commercial company, you might be. In something a little bit more akin to a marketing, yeah. a marketing role. Yeah, micro sales. And what's that? Sales. Sure. Yeah, maybe Could be sales. Sales. Sure, that would be a good one. And that's what's always fascinating about uh, to me about EAA is that, uh, um, you know, I think all of us, uh, you know, we love working here. We love the job and everything else. And once in a while, it you know you come to work and you struggle with this or that. And and once in a while, it's sure it's a job. But the rest of the time, it's much more of a calling and a passion. But I do think about how um, it, we gave you a hard time about how difficult your job must be but how much easier is it to as you said to let to invite people to make a difference versus say you know buy this new laundry detergent yeah because it'll get your clothes that much cleaner yeah well that's also important to have clean clothes uh so i so i don't want to i don't want to uh... <laughs> and nothing against those people i just i think that uh, i think we have the privilege of yes. having of uh I, I think we're lucky yes. in that organization across the board we're not selling so we're inviting people to affiliate with a passionate right. group. Yeah, yeah, to make to make a difference and to create meaning in their own lives. And uh, um, it, so I don't know if there, you know, is a is a good comparison to uh, to other professions where. And thankfully, I've I chose right after college to go into the the nonprofit sector, the uh, the public sector. So I don't I don't know what it's uh, like um, to you know, have to sell for a living, which is, is admirable. But uh, the conversations that you have with people, because you don't just give money, you're also uh, giving your values and you're stating your values and, and you're talking about your values. So so that's why it's just, it's it's it's, it's such a personal act. Giving is an extremely personal act uh, and a, an extremely meaningful act. And you kind of feel uh, somewhere uh, analogous to, uh, you know, a religious figure you know a priest or a minister or a rabbi and uh um, and also maybe a financial advisor might be kind of close to what to what i do is uh because especially when it comes to estate giving it, it's always intertwined with with uh with other people's financial um vehicles and and how how are they going to transfer the wealth and and what type of wealth do they want to transfer and things like that so so anyway they're, they're serious but they're fun conversations and 
I don't know if I made this up or maybe Jack came in my office one day or maybe I'll always give Jack credit if there's a question if there's a choice if it's good <laughs> yeah I, and, and, I mean and, and I would say I probably said Jack so that's probably like the fourth time I've said that in the last uh, 20 minutes so uh, um, yeah hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm uh, too much of a suck up I mean how how bad can be things be when we're around airplanes I, I right. mean how yeah <laughs> you know let's let's uh, uh, let's and, and that's you know, one day when I was talking actually to a donor, I said, I don't know what it is, but he was talking about uh, when you used to be able to fly your airplane low over the Grand Canyon, uh, which maybe you can. Um, I don't think you can anymore. Um, now, Tom will check. Yeah, up, I think there's the altitude regs. restrictions. There's a SIFR. <laughs> I, I'd, have to, yeah, I'd have to go back and look. But yeah. well, let's just say you probably shouldn't, uh, um, uh, that we're not offering legal advice on this program. Um <laughs> Genster Miska is not an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, but he was talking about just some wonderful experiences that he and his spouse had flying over the Grand Canyon. And then that made me think back to, you know, just some wonderful trips that my wife Sabine and I have, have taken. And we just, and that's all we were talking about. And, and, and he came in to talk to me about giving. But first of all, the first uh, several minutes of the conversation were spent on flying and why we love these things that that uh, take us above the ground that's great well and uh as always on behalf of one of the uh the team members here that you support i i have a great respect for what you guys do because like i said we wouldn't get off the launch pad if it wasn't for you and the supporters and donors to to get us there and get our mission going if people do want to reach out and talk to you donate to the museum uh, get advice, uh, as, we, as you said. Uh, Hold on, did you hear there? what he just said? Yeah. I just yeah. Said this. <laughs> Donate to the museum, Donate for, the example. Museum. <laughs> for example. For example. There's this great give, museum. Give, give. Yeah. Uh, uh, Speaker I, I, series I, movies. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Chris's office decor. Yeah, 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 yeah I'd like exactly. to talk to you about the uh, yeah. the Tom Sharpentier yeah. salary fund. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's an exciting new opportunity. If they'd like to donate to EA, the organization. What? What is the best way to do that? What is the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so I think I'm the only Ken uh, at EAA right now. So, so if, if well, there you, is Ken Junior, but that's not his real name. That's not his right name. So, we'll, yeah, we'll leave him out of this. Yeah, we'll leave him out of this for now. Um, uh, so you can always just call the, the main EAA number and, and ask for Ken or or that guy who de deals with people who, who want to give. Um, and don't be afraid if you can't pronounce his last name because uh, I've been calling him since uh, since uh, pretty much the day we met. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And we've bonded over it. Yeah, yeah. And that's an alternative uh, pronunciation <laughs> that's uh, become generally accepted now. Uh, You're welcome. In the English uh, vocabulary. Um, well, so I don't... Chris, I don't even know if I should answer this question because it, it kind of sounds like then this is going to be the end of the show if, if I if I tell people <laughs> what. To, um, and I did ask Hal, you know, for, I, I thought this was probably going to be a three-part series. Right. Uh, yeah. It, we well, it's, it's a mini-series event we for fall sweeps. Getting you back for the five-timer club. Yeah. 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 And um, uh, but if you if you hit the five-timer club before Jack, then yeah. it's, you, you it's time special, to update that resume. You're you going to be in all kinds of trouble. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. I, I well I look forward to coming back uh, multiple times, but. Uh, Chris, to your, to your point, in, in all seriousness, uh, I do have an office phone, um, and that number is 920-426-5901. So people just you know call me, or again, you can call the main EAA number, and uh, somebody will direct you toward, towards me. And what I want, always like to say to people is that uh, we're just going to have a, a conversation. That's, that's, that's all this is about, is trying to figure out 
what is something that's meaningful to you? Um, and is there something on, within EAA's portfolio of activities that makes sense? Um, we're not we're not here to uh, uh, to badger you about uh, uh, things. If we find out that we don't have what you're looking for, we'll be the first ones to say that. And uh, many times these conversations, big or small, um, go on for a long time. You know, it's the first time uh, we have a conversation about something, may maybe uh, just a general conversation, and then we start getting more specific uh, over time, and, and then eventually it leads to the museum. Uh, you know, that they want to benefit the museum. And um, so that's, that's that's how it goes. Chris is, it gives me the thumbs up saying, you know, right, yes. saying you with the Tom Charpentier salary yeah, fund yeah, maybe yes, coming exactly. in second place yeah. in yeah. terms of yeah. overall yeah. popularity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Understood. I, I just as we're getting closer to the end of the show, you know, we 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 have put together a list of questions we we don't have from to a stop. loose outline. We never have to stop. <laughs> no, um, but we put together a loose outline, and uh, as a joke, included on this list of questions was one that. You know, obviously we're not going to use, but uh, the question is, you know, why do you hate Hal? <laughs> so maybe instead of answering that, Ken, I'm going to challenge you right now in front of, uh, I think we're up to 14 billion viewers now. We have another yeah. planet come on we're board. two billion while yeah. the show is going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. That's just how, that, how this works. Well, I'm sure, um, I'm sure well, hold on one second. The, okay. the, I think it's, you know, the other planets probably have like SETI where they are searching the... Right, yeah, exactly. And, They're listening and, as we right, are. Right, exactly. And so I'm sure that they probably heard something that have caught their temp- attention and they've said, "Let's let's." Right. That's and, the two billion. And they're telling their friends and yeah. and everything else. Um, <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's turn this around. Let's uh, mm. let's have you say one nice thing about me. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> How much tape do we tick, have in there? <laughs> tick, tick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can can we go to commercial or, 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 or take another? Hey, we I take, think we're going to have to find a sponsor, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this. We haven't taken any calls today, so uh, <laughs> uh, we should have just had faux people uh, w- walk in and. That's a wonderful deflection, um, yeah. Kat. Actually, you know, one of the things that, that uh, during Air Venture, I ran into someone. In fact, I, no, I didn't run, literally run into them. I saw some people on the side of the road that looked like they could use a ride. So they got into my cart, and I was taking them to their campsite, and the person said, do you know Hal Bryan? And I'd only been at EA for, you know, a few weeks, and I, th- and I thought, okay, yeah, I know who Hal Bryan is. And they were so impressed that I knew Hal Bryan, <laughs> and uh, um, so uh, uh, and then actually it hap- happens that I have a co- my wife has a cousin who again uh, somehow found out that Hal and I were colleagues, right. and uh, um, so he was just impressed that that I even knew who Hal was. Well, I like to hear that attitude, Ken. I'd like to see a lot more of that day to day around the office. Hal's kind of like our Kevin Bacon game. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's <laughs> now. Um, speaking quickly of Air Venture, Ken, yeah. um, you uh, you wore a hat at Air Venture that uh, that is accurately described as a pith helmet. Yes, and uh, is very much sort of a Doctor Livingston, I presume, yes. uh, sort of thing. Um, I, there isn't even really a question coming because I don't want you to feel like you have any say in this. Yeah. Um, I want you to know uh, that that uh, that hat is fantastic, yeah. that it's you, and that because you wore it more than once during Air Venture, you are now committed to wearing it. That is your Air Venture hat. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, you won't be allowed through the gate uh, at future Air Ventures if you don't have your pith helmet on. Yeah. No. You have you have to own it. Right. And 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 uh, uh, yeah. So right now I am I am owning it and. Uh, but I just want to make sure that I, 
I, I keep it special that I, you, you know, you don't bring it out other times a year. You just, you just leave right. it for everybody. That's your gamer. See, yeah. if, <laughs> if you showed up wearing that tomorrow, I would just run down to the grounds and start running around and doing air venture things. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, I'm that conditioned. That yeah. hat equals air venture for me. Yeah. Well, and I've got so, a windsock on it now. So, yeah. and I've got a number of pins that, that uh, people said it was mandatory to, to, yeah. to get. Right. You're 15 get, pieces of flair. Yeah. You know. yeah. That's yeah. a minimum. Yeah. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I'm ready. And, and uh, I, I did learn that from uh, other EAAers that uh, you don't say how long you worked at EAA. You say how many air ventures you've been through. Right. So right. I'm looking forward to saying my second air venture. Right. Actually, I'd like to see you bring that hat in tomorrow just so I could see Hal go down and, and uh, start interviewing some <laughs> yes, bewildered yeah. Winnebago County uh, employee. <laughs> it just immediately just steal a golf yeah. cart from somewhere and just get down to the grounds and well, start doing my thing. I'll, I'll wait until Friday when it's only supposed to be 28 degrees. And, That'll be great. Uh, and that will kind of give me an indication that it's not January or July. <laughs> That'll be wonderful. All right, then. Well, on that uh, fully serious and professional note, Ken, thank you very much for taking some time to to uh, come on the show today, talk to people. I hope uh, you've enjoyed giving people a chance to get to know you a little bit. I have, and and I was a little disappointed that you didn't say this was a very special edition of the, the Green Dot. <laughs> I uh, thought it goes without saying. It's it, not. It, it it's a it's a Susmersma edition of uh, of the Green Dot. <laughs> that's uh, that's better than special. Yeah, um, and because uh, I and I know because you probably won't say it. I look forward to being back on on many <laughs> episodes of the Green Dot. As many as you can talk your way into. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well done, sir. All right. Well, thanks uh, again, Ken, for uh, for joining us today, and thanks everybody out there for listening. Uh, please keep the feedback coming, the reviews, the comments on Facebook, all that good stuff. That means the world to us. It really helps uh, us uh, figure out uh, whether or not uh, this whole crazy experiment in the world of podcasting is worth doing. And so far, we think that it is. So with that, keep listening. And we'll see you next time when you're cleared to land on the green dot.